Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Well, let's break down market action. Ryan Huang, how's Friday looking? Well, lots happening in the markets. Um, Friday not letting up yet, but I'm looking forward to the weekend. How about you, Michelle? Yeah, it's been a busy week and uh, everybody, reminder... Ryan reminded me something important happening this weekend. Oh dear. Um, Mother's Day is around the corner. Are you set up for Mother's Day? Do your bit. You've been given heads up. All right, let's turn to the markets now. Lots of interesting corporate stories today, both overseas and here at home. Some well-known companies that are struggling, others that appear to be turning their businesses around, and a high-profile leadership change that may surprise you. It shocked me. Let's start right here at home with Singpost. It netted a little less than $25 million during the last fiscal year. That is a drop of more than 70%, almost all of which appears to be the result of its local business. The results are so bad, it has officials at the company questioning the sustainability of local postal delivery. Tell us, could yeah. sending a letter by Singpo soon be a thing of the past, Ryan? Yeah, a reminder to send something to your mom maybe because uh, there is just not enough going on back home to help support the Singpo's domestic business. The domestic postal business is not helping Simpost with its numbers. So you might remember not too long ago, we had the um, lockdowns, people were just buying buying up stuff and Simpost actually had a good past few years because everyone's buying through e-commerce and they had just a bit more business. But now, despite the boom in those past years and e-commerce also picking up to some extent, the higher expenses and costs of overheads expenses on labor. Now, all these things are just adding up and just outweighing the gains from everywhere else. So much so they are now asking the question, what should they do to keep the business going, to keep the lights on? So they are going through a strategic review of the domestic postal business. So it is going to be very interesting to see how this could play out. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Not every unit at Singpost is doing poorly. We do know it has international arms as well. Where is the company seeing growth? Down under. That is where things are looking up. So it has an interesting, um, I guess, diversification strategy here. Mm. It has, right now, the group Singapore Business accounting for about 70% of the group's fixed assets. The rest of it from Australia. And Australia is growing. And I think this is where they want to expand that part of the business. And these assets in Australia include things like post offices, sorting machines, delivery vehicles and warehouses. And they are able to get more return on equity in that sense from these assets. And they are looking at how to further expand with what they call it an asset light approach. And one of them is through a fourth party logistics technology platform that it owns through its Australian unit, FMH. So look out for more action down under. Shares of Singpost trending a bit lower this year, but let's take a look at the past 12 months. Shares for Singpost down more than 25%. So any thoughts about how this might play out or what we would do if Singpost simply says domestic postal delivery is no longer commercially viable? Yeah, I think in some Parallels, we've seen this in other places like transport with SMRT. And no, this is going to bring up a question. What needs to be done to help what is basically a public good? 
how much does government need to come in to intervene and support or subsidize to the extent? So these questions are likely to be asked. In fact, um, the CEO uh, during the briefing had many of these similar questions. So he talked about how it's still too early to make a decision. He also declined to talk about whether Singapore has started to talk to the government on what they might do. But you can kind of figure out where this might go. It definitely needs help. Where's the help coming from? Uh, the government is one of the most obvious places where you could get support. Maybe um, you could get an investment through a Tomasic holding company, that's one possibility. Another way would be to find new investors. And that's going to be a big question mark. Who would invest in the domestic local service? And of course, the other ways is to bring down costs. And that could have an impact on operations, like how often the mail is collected, how fast your mail is delivered. So all these things will likely you know, be reviewed. Almost unthinkable. A world without SingPost. Where would I get my... my stamps from. Yeah, maybe they have a few, uh, use more robots or something. Oh gosh, I like the human touch. Alright, apart from postal delivery, we're going to turn to telcos and take a look at Starhub. Its profits rose more than 25% in the first quarter of the year to more than $37 million. What is powering Starhub's rebound? Yeah, it looks like it's pretty broad based and, and particularly uh, if you look at the Service revenue, it was higher by 11% year-on-year and it cites, this was lifted by the consolidation of My Republic Broadband, which it acquired, and all in, all service segments reported growth. Mobile revenue was up 13.5%, broadband revenue was up 20.4%, entertainment revenue was up 21%, enterprise revenue was up 3.9%, so it does look like you've got a very broad-based growth at StarHub. Strong start to the year for Starhub for sure. For quite a while now, the story for it has been a negative one. Consumers cancelling their cable subscriptions, removing those set-top boxes uh, to watch streaming media instead. So lots of fresh competition from Mm. new mobile players. Do you think Starhub has finally turned a corner? Well, it does have a few things going on. So we've got StarHub recently getting the rights for the EPL season. So that's been attracting a bunch of people. Mm. Um, Otherwise, like you pointed out, it does have competition in the streaming space. Even within the streaming space, there is so much competition. There is just not enough time and money to go around when it comes to entertainment. So... If you look at the numbers, average revenue per user is going up despite sustained market competition. So that's good news. Mm-hmm. And in terms of strategy, Starhub says it's going to be consolidating its what's called Infinity Play products into an all-in-one app that will be um, released in phases. So all-in is a strategy to get more synergies from various parts of its business and various products, get more improved analytics going on and new marketing automation. So it's a lot of fancy words, but it is going to be down to execution on how they can monetize what they have already. Uh, But it does look like they have a few things going on. And if you look at the enterprise business, they seem to be making some headway positioning themselves as a smart city service provider. And this is with some work being done by JTC for the Pongal Digital District. So if all things go well, it could be the start of many more contracts servicing smart cities. Certainly interesting. All right, let's take a look at the numbers. Starhub trading a notch above $1 a share. That is a far cry from $4 
where it used to trade a decade ago, but it's also only a few percent before where it started the year. Now, for our next corporate story, I'm going to turn to Twitter and the Elon Musk files. Let me dust them open. You may not believe this, but Musk is saying he's going to step down as Twitter's CEO. So who's taking his place? <laughs> yeah, step down as CEO. But there is a catch. He's still going to be around. He's the CTO. <laughs> oh, well, let's talk about who is likely to be the CEO. So no official confirmation yet coming through from him. He only hinted it's going to be a woman and she's coming in six weeks' time. And it is already sending the rumor mill into overdrive. So one of the names being put on the table right now is Comcast NBC Universal top advertising sales executive, Linda Yaccarino. So she actually met up Elon Musk last month in Miami and she interviewed him. So maybe that came about, or maybe he interviewed her at some point. So you've got... <laughs> that going on. So she is in the running, uh, in the lead, so to speak, to be that CEO. And as an advertising person, I think it makes sense, right? Because Twitter has been under pressure on the advertising front. Advertisers shying away from Twitter for all the controversies and all the wider slump in the ad space. So that's going to be helpful. Worth noting, other names that have been in the hat, Mm -hmm. former Yahoo CEO, Marissa Mayer, apparently was suggested to be in the running uh, based on reports which cited some employees, former YouTube CEO, Susan Wojcicki, and also one of the top executives at Elon Musk's brain chip startup Neuralink, Siobhan Zillis, uh, among the other names being floated. So we'll see in six weeks' time. A lot of uh, rumbling in the business world since this tweet went out. Elon Musk saying, excited to announce I have a new CEO for Twitter. She will be starting in about six weeks, saying that his role will be to transition to being executive chair and CTO. What will he be doing there? Well, the tweet says he'll be overseeing products, software and SISOPs. Maybe he'll stop making so much news. I doubt it though. Back in December, Musk asked his Twitter followers if he should start Step down as CEO hmm. and nearly 60% said yes. So while he is now following through on that promise, he is hardly stepping away from the company. Going by his tweet, it's just sort of changing chairs, right? As chairman. <laughs> Tesla shares closed up more than 2% though on the news. Investors seem relieved that Musk may now have more time to focus on the electric vehicles once again. What do you make of this yeah, for Tesla? More time for now. I'm sure he's <laughs> going to find a new hobby to fill up his plate. So six weeks time, I'm sure something else will be on his lap. (laughs) For our next story, let's turn to commodity markets. It's a story about the Monetary Authority of Singapore. Apparently, MAS has been buying gold, a lot of gold. During the first three months of the year, MAS bought more gold than any other central bank in the world. So is there a new gold rush going on, (laughs) Ryan? Yeah, that is a good question. So how much gold did MAS get? So we are looking at um, 69 tons and this brings the total holdings that MAS has to 222 tons. So all in, it is a 45% increase from the end of last year. So this is, um, I guess, interesting to note because it's not just the MES. You also have other banks, including um, the central banks in China, also Central Bank of Turkey, 
the Reserve Bank of India also making a big bulk of what happened in the past quarter. And it was on record the strongest first quarter for gold transactions. Uh, even though, worth noting, it's lower than the previous two quarters. So the past three quarters have been pretty hot when it comes to gold. And this being supported by, to some extent, the gold prices recently, which are flirting near record highs right now. In the past year or so, it's up 11.3%. And I suppose there is some reason for people to get into gold these days a bit more than usual because of the jitters around the US banking sector. Mm-hmm. People flocking to safe havens. You've got the geopolitical tensions playing out as well between the um, Russia side, Russian side and Ukraine as well. That's continuing to play out. Plus, what's happening elsewhere in the world, just keeping people keeping people on their toes. Indeed. Now, while we don't know the exact average purchase price MAS paid, gold we know has jumped about 11% since the beginning of the year to more than 2,000 US dollars an ounce. So odds are MAS has made a good profit so far on its investment. Time now for Corporate News and our daily game of Up or Down. I'm splitting entries into two categories. Today, you can play along at home as well, foreign and domestic. I'm going to start with the international category, everybody. And our first entry is Emirates, up or down? Wow, Emirates is flying high. So it's going to be (laughs) up. And this is off the back of record annual profit of $3 billion. It's cited is hailing a full recovery for the airline. After last year's losses, and bear in mind last year, it had a loss of $5.5 billion. Uh, that was its first in more than three decades after oh. grounding its fleet and of course making heavy layoffs all around COVID-19 disruptions. So it's a big recovery. Indeed. $3 billion for Emirates sets record profits for the last fiscal year, more than double a year earlier. Definitely an up for the Dubai-based carrier. Next up, let's look at iPhone supplier Foxconn. All right, Foxconn not looking too good, so it's Mm -hmm. going to be a down for me. It posted a 56% plunge in its first quarter net profit, and that is its biggest quarterly fall in three years. And on top of that, it says the outlook, the visibility for the full year is limited. So it's not sure where things are going from here. Mm. And I think this is all around the slump in demand for PCs, phones, and just a wider sentiment around buying anything these days. That is um, eating into what um, Foxconn is doing. Indeed. If you've just joined us, this is Market View. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. We're taking a look at iPhone supplier Foxconn. Uh, their profits dropped more than 55% during the first quarter of the year. So the biggest quarterly fall in three years and possibly a sign of softening demand for smart consumer electronics. So down for Foxconn, possibly for the broader economy as well. Let's look at Google's parent company, Alphabet. All right, this is going to be up for me. And this is with the stock trading at its highest levels since August. That is nearly nine months. So this is something off the back of the annual developer conference that Google ran. We talked about some of their interesting stuff, hardware and software, and investors are liking it. The stock was up 4.3% overnight. Yeah, I was Googling help me right all day yesterday after we talked about it. Investors really like what they saw emerging uh, from Google's um, sort of raising the curtain on how it's going to be integrating AI into its search and into its other products as well. And Alphabet shares 
looking good, trading at the highest level since August. So uh, definitely an up for Alphabet, Google's parent company in my book. And now it's time to cycle down to exercise bike maker Peloton. Yeah, cycle down or fall off the bike <laughs> because Peloton is a big down. It is recalling 2.2 million bikes over concerns around how it might cause injuries and falls. So this is down 9% overnight in its stock price. So apparently um, the seat on some of its bikes can detach and break unexpectedly during use. Gosh. Not exactly what you expect when you sit on an exercise bike. And the last thing you want to happen, falling off a bike. Even falling it's off a stationary bike as well. <laughs> so that is not good news for any bike maker. So it is um, so far reporting 12 injuries. One of them fractured his or her wrist. Oh. And it's just uh, no, not good when you have to report 2.2 million bikes. It's going to eat in this bottom line some someday. Nobody wants to hear about safety issues if you're a company. That's a down for Peloton. Peloton shares dropped nearly 9% overnight, by the way, falling to an all-time low after uh, news broke that it has to recall more than 2 million bikes because of that safety issue. All right, let's turn to locally listed companies. And we're going to start with Fraser's property. Okay, let's start with Fraser's and it's going to be an up. Profit is up 52.2% mm. in the first half based on contributions from residential developments. A lot of it coming through from Singapore and China. Look at that profit jump. More than 50%. I'll give Fraser's property a big up. All right, let's look at Food Empire. All right, Food Empire also an up and is up 50.9% in net profit for its first quarter. Off the back of revenue, higher by 24.2%. So that is pretty healthy margins lifting Food Empire. And this is uh, coming through even though it saw lower sales. So it looks like some of these price hikes have been passed on. Another big up for Food Empire. It's not all good news though. Let's look at AEM now. All right. It's down, similar to Foxconn. So AEM first quarter net profit down 62%. And this is um, against the wider backdrop of semiconductors going through a slump. That is a down for AEM. Uh, their profits down more than 60% in the first three months of the year, made a slowdown in the semicon sector. How are things looking for Marco Polo Marine? Well, Relatively not that good. Profit is down 61% to $4.2 million. Mm-hmm. And this is, I guess, um, worth noting. It did recover not too long ago. So it's just going through a bit of a bumpy right now. Right now. Uh, looking at Marco Polo Marine's net profit is at $4.2 million. Off the back of revenue for the period more than doubling to $55.9 million. So it is getting more contracts, but it's not able to translate it into profits as much as before right now. Marco Polo Marine reporting that 60% fall in half-year profits. So definitely down for our last entry today, Marco Polo Marine. Our last word today belongs to Air New Zealand. Ryan, how much would you pay up to lie flat on a long-haul flight? Yeah, I imagine I wouldn't mind paying to get some comfort, especially if you're cramped up in the economy class and you've got a crying kid in the, in the vicinity. Um, it depends on how badly I need it. Per I wouldn't hour, mind. Per hour. per hour. I would go with 50% of my airfare. 
Wow. Okay. So Air New Zealand definitely has you as a customer. If you're traveling economy on Air New Zealand, they've rolled out a new service on their long haul flights. Bunk beds for economy class passengers. And you can rent four hours on a bunk bed for about 100 US dollars an hour. That's nice, right? If you yeah. have the chance to monetize your stuff, why not just make use of it? People, I'm sure, want a good rest. Make people happy. Uh, the key of customer service, right? The new service is going to launch in September. The exact price still being sent. I, I think they need to change their language though. Nobody wants to rent a bunk bed. <laughs> it doesn't sound comfortable. Yeah. I mean, tell me that I am going to be able to check in into a suite or something. That is a good point. That is a good point. Would you take it up? Yeah, for sure. For sure. To pay the live flat anytime. This is Market View. He's Ryan Huang. Off to celebrate the weekend, a Mother's Day. I'm Michelle Martin. Thank you so much for your company. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.